0: Hi, it's Karen here. I'm the owner and founder of Bed & Breakfast Academy. I provide training and ongoing support to aspiring and existing bed and breakfast owners, helping them create a B&B lifestyle they love living with guests who become repeat fans. I can't quite believe it's September already. I've been receiving lots of marketing emails from small business owners saying they took the summer off and have spent it traveling and I really wish I could tell you that I've spent the summer lying on the beach drinking cocktails, but unfortunately that's not been the case. I've been very busy trying to sort out a permanent care home for my mum who needs 24-hour nursing now and supporting my dad through the process. There have been lots of journeys over to the West Midlands to see them and quite a few hiccups along the way, but she finally moved into her new luxury um, care home on Monday. I know more about the UK social care system than I thought I would ever need to. And my favourite meme right now is I'm done with adulting. And that's exactly how I'm feeling. Hopefully when I become a grandmother in November, I'll get the opportunity to do a bit more playing. Anyway, back to this week's podcast. As a B&B owner, it was always something of a relief to get through August and into the autumn months. There's just something about the expectations of August guests and the sheer busyness of it that can be exhausting for Bed and Breakfast hosts. At my own B&B, it really didn't quieten down in September as it was always my busiest month with uh, the the older couples coming away after the kids had gone back to school. But it was often busy with repeat customers staying for longer than the the usual two days. And this meant a a far more relaxed experience for both the guests and for me, even though it was still still quite physically tiring. This year, with the increased inflation and fuel bills and the general doom and gloom in the news, I tend to avoid listening to the news. I I find it um, a very negative thing to do. There's an increased stress on small business owners this year. But it's at times like this, uh, like during the first COVID-19 lockdowns, that our b and community, so those people who have been on my training courses, really comes into its own. The members support each other and suggest solutions to problems and share best practices. As well as the discussions that we have in the Facebook group, I also host a twice-monthly at-moment Zoom get-together with the group members. This week's meeting, uh, the focus was very much on the increasing cost of running a business, a bed and breakfast business, as as well as other businesses. And there were some great ideas in that call on saving money and also generating more income. So for this week's, um, I've written a blog post, but I thought I'd, I'd record it as a podcast as well. This week's uh, podcast and blog post includes some of the ideas that we discussed in that meeting so I hope you find them useful and are able to implement some of them in your business I'm a great believer in in taking action when when things get a bit scary uh, with cost of living and that sort of thing is to, to take action and we've got lots of action steps for you in this week's podcasts so there are two things you can do, you're either going to reduce costs at your b and or you can make more money from it. So that's what I'm going to talk through today. So how do you reduce costs at your bed and breakfast? We had some great ideas in the meeting. Uh, turn off appliances when not in use. So if you have room fridges or TVs or anything else that's plugged into a socket in the wall, turn these off at the wall socket on the nights that you don't have guests staying, remembering to turn the fridge back on afterwards of course. You could invest in more energy-efficient appliances, especially if some of your appliances are coming to the end of their natural life. You know, old fridges and freezers, tumble dryers can use an awful lot of electricity compared to the latest models. We've got a a heat pump tumble dryer now, which really does use far less electricity than our old one. So it may be worth investigating how much you could save by replacing your older appliances with more energy-efficient ones. One thing we did was install heated towel rails with a timer when we redid our bathroom. We used to have a switch on the wall that guests could turn on, but we replaced these with a timer. So that would come on in the morning, even in the summer, for a couple of hours. And that meant that towels dried much more quickly, even in the summer, meaning that they were far less likely to be chucked on the floor after each use uh, to be washed. So that's a a money saving in that the timer meant the um, towel rails didn't get left on all the time inadvertently and also that we weren't doing uh, lots of washing and and drying and we didn't need to. Another thing you could do is invest in individual radiator thermostats, you can buy these uh, quite easily online on Amazon these days, and you can control them from your phone. So that you actually have the radiator thermostat on each radiator in each room of the house, so you can individually control your B and B guest rooms. Having them uh, controlled by the phone is is brilliant because you know if you've forgotten middle of the night you realise you've forgotten to put the heating on or or you're out, uh, you you can do it from your phone. So you know check online Amazon have got them. Another thing that's been in the newspapers recently is to buy an air fryer. So, air fryers cook food much more quickly, and they use about fifty percent less energy than a standard electric oven and grill. When I was was, I used to grill bacon and uh, sometimes tomatoes, and I would find that, the, the I would take a long time. It would take a long time for my grill to heat up, and whilst it's heating up, it's using a lot of electricity. And the great thing about air fryers is they don't need um, any or as much preheating. I can cook a full English for two people in an air fryer except for the eggs of course in about 10 to 12 minutes it's a much healthier way of cooking because you're not cooking in fat. I always used to fry my sausages um, in oil because I thought that was the best way of cooking them. But they, they cook really well in an air fryer. And you also reduce the risk of smells. So, so many smells in the kitchen and, and smoke um, everywhere. My grill was uh, a bit aggressive and quite a few times when the sausages burst, I'd, I'd have tiny little fires under it. So it's, it's, a, it's a safer way of cooking. And it's a bit more consistent as well. You don't have to keep checking, you know, You know, once you've played around with it a bit and found out what temperatures and how long it takes to cook things, you can say, right, I know the sausages are going to cook in eight minutes. Whereas under the grill, um, they needed much more attention. I bought my dad, uh, well, I didn't buy my dad one. I, I ordered one for him the other day, um, An air, uh one made by Tower, which is highly recommended on Amazon. But I do love my Ninja nine in one. I use the pressure cooker function a lot to cook stews, curries, those sorts of foods in the autumn and winter. And the uh, using the pressure cooker function is a significant money and time saver if you're a fan of those slow cooked foods like we are. You might even consider buying two air fryers, uh, one purely for vegetarian food and the other for meat dishes. And then you don't have to worry so much about contamination. Another area to revisit with the cost of food increasing is reducing food waste. And so it's more important than ever to be looking at how you're going to reduce food waste at your b and I've written a blog, separate blog post about this with lots of ideas for achieving this. And I also recorded that as a podcast. So you can go back and listen to the podcast or read the blog. You could look at baking your own bread and cakes whilst this takes a bit more time baking your own bread cakes and biscuits can be much cheaper than buying them in and guests really appreciate that little extra touch the lemon drizzle cake in the room was always the most mentioned thing in my reviews at the bnb now okay i admit i'm the gadget queen and i do have a cupboard dedicated to those gadgets that i've bought and used maybe twice but uh, the two gadgets that are in continual use and have paid for themselves many times over are my air fryer and my bread machine. I love my Panasonic bread machine. It makes it so easy to bake your own bread. I have a method for baking three loaves at a time, which is a huge time and cost saver. Go and have a look at the Panasonic bread machines. Uh, You can easily buy those on Amazon as well and i've written up a blog post which is how to have freshly baked bread every morning so if you pop along to bnbacademy.co.uk forward slash blog you'll find the freshly baked bread post there and also all of my other recipes which include my lemon drizzle cake and my shortbread the great thing about the lemon drizzle cake recipe is it makes three cakes at a time so you've got three cakes made for three sets of guests and they also freeze really well. Now, is it time to review your working practices to help you save money? So one thing, maybe you could drop that room refresh, so when guests are staying with you, so they have breakfast in the morning, but they're coming back in the evening, it could be that you actually don't do that room refresh. It's always worth reviewing the way you're running your business on a regular basis, both to identify what you can do differently to reduce costs and also to increase customer satisfaction. I wrote a blog post about whether you should offer a room refresh at your bed and breakfast when guests are staying, and I talked through the different options for tidying rooms. But members in our b &B community have adopted some of these approaches. So after the lockdowns of COVID-19, a lot of people weren't doing room refreshes as they normally would do, because they wanted to um, avoid the amount of time they were spending in rooms where guests had been sleeping overnight. And also so the guests could have the the room as their own little bubble whilst they were staying. And they found that the majority of guests are actually happier with fewer or no room refreshes. So obviously that's gonna save you a lot of money in terms of the reduced use of vacuum cleaners and laundry costs and you're not uh, changing bed linen so often and towels you do need to give guests the option of you know would you like a room refresh but you know if you can explain the reasons why you're not doing it you'll find quite a few guests are quite happy with that. Another bit of a contentious one this I've always offered a pre-order breakfast menu it was actually on the advice of the first very first hotel inspector who came to me who said because you're offering so much and because you're on your own running the b you will really save time in the kitchen and save time for your guests by doing a pre-order breakfast menu. So I've I've always offered a pre-order breakfast menu. And a lot of our members actually adopted the pre-order breakfast menu again, following the COVID-19 lockdowns with all the additional precautions that had to be taken. And as a result of that, they saw a big reduction in food waste. I had very little food waste in terms of food coming back uneaten um, on plates as a result of doing the pre-order breakfast menu. So take a look at um, the blog post on reducing food waste, and you can find out more about that there. Another thing that a lot of b owners uh, adopted after lockdowns was moving to a minimum night stay. So not accepting the one night stays and a lot of them just haven't looked back and have decided to keep that in place. You know, it obviously depends on the reason why most of your guests are staying with you. If, if you take a lot of business guests, or you have a lot of walkers, or you're a stop off on route to somewhere else, you might find it more difficult to cut out the one night stays. But a one night stay does come with a higher cost for the B&B owner. I stopped them at my B&B many years ago, And when I occasionally caved and accepted a one night stay because I had a night free between two longer bookings, I immediately regretted it. I think without exception, the guests would want to arrive early, they want to leave late and use everything in the room, all the towels, all the robes, all the cake and biscuits, everything. So that really increased the cost for me. If you don't want to introduce a minimum one night stay, or it's difficult to do so because of your market, then consider increasing the costs of a one night stay instead. Another blog post I wrote recently, you're gonna to have to go back and read this blog to get more information, is to put a warmer duvet on. So I wrote a blog post about, is it time to put on a summer duvet yet? But as we move into the colder months, is it time to put that winter duvet on? I talked through the different types of duvets available, but maybe it's time to get that winter duvet on to prevent guests turning the heating up to max. And there are other things you can do in your B&B rooms to make them warmer, to reduce the chances of the guests turning the heating up. So make sure you check for drafts around windows and doors. A good way of doing this is to invest in some incense sticks with an, an obvious smoke, and to put these around windows and doors and see if the the smoke is is blowing out through the window or blowing away from the window. You can then look to see where you need to replace window seals if necessary. Maybe invest in one of those old style sausage dog uh, draft excluders uh, by the door. Ensure your central heating is serviced. We've just had two days of plumbers here servicing our central heating. They actually found quite a few problems that meant that our heating was not working efficiently. So, you know, the oil was being used to run the central heating, but we weren't getting the warmth. So that's going to be a big cost saving for us this winter. You could provide your guests with hot water bottles. I've knitted a few lovely hot water bottle covers in the past. You could put up thermal curtains on the windows or thermal blinds. You can get those quite. Cheaply in the UK from Blinds Direct, and you can invest in some thicker rugs that will insulate the floor, especially if you've got wooden flooring. Another way of reducing costs is to put a bit more time into marketing your own BB. The online travel agencies such as Booking.com, you know, they can be hugely benefit, beneficial in helping you attract more bookings, but with a bit of effort, you can attract more guests booking with you directly which you know is going to save you 15% or more on each booking. If you don't want to stop using the OTAs altogether you could consider using them just for last minute bookings so do your best to fill your B&B through your own marketing efforts and then if those rooms haven't filled you know two to three weeks out then put them on the OTA. So don't just have the rooms open on the OTAs all all the time. Try and market the rooms yourself. I have written a blog post, which is 10 ways to attract more guests to directly with you. And that refers out to lots of other marketing blog posts that I've written. I am a huge fan of having an email list and getting guests onto that email list and turning them into repeats. And I know some of the people who were in my marketing community have done really well in terms of turning guests into repeat guests, using a blog and using that email newsletter list. And I'll be recording a a podcast with one of those members to to talk about how she's gone from using the online travel agencies to uh, getting guests, all her guests to book direct in a few weeks' time. So those are some of the cost-saving ideas we've had. The other thing you can do is look to generate more income at your bed and breakfast to help uh, balance out those increased costs. One of the obvious things to do is put your prices up. There's been a lot of discussion uh, about in our Facebook group about putting up prices in the, in the new year, but there is no reason why you can't put your prices up at any time of the year. You know, most big hotels vary the prices daily. There there are even systems called, um, one of our members uses one, I think, called Price Genie, which um, it's quite inexpensive to use, but they they think it was hugely beneficial in helping them determine the right price. Note that once guests have booked with you, then you do need to honour that price or you're going to get in in trouble with trading standards. You need to honour the price that they booked at. But, you know, before they've booked before you've agreed a price, then you can put your prices up. Now, some people are concerned that by putting prices up, there's a risk that guests won't book. But there's nothing stopping you from putting prices up now and then reducing them nearer the time if the room hasn't sold. You could always offer discounts to repeat guests if you were worried about them being put off by higher prices but do bear in mind that repeat guests are unlikely to be returning to you because of how much you charge, but rather because of the whole experience and the value they get at your b and Interestingly, several b and owners have commented that the higher their prices, the less people they have complaining about value for money. And you know, this was always my experience. The less people paid for the room, the more likely they were to complain. In fact, I actually shut down my cheapest room after one summer. It was priced at £75 a night, whilst my other rooms were £110 a night. You know, that cheaper room only had 20% occupancy for the summer with difficult customers. It was my only three out of five trip advisory view was someone staying in that room, whilst the more expensive room had been fully booked that summer. Guests aren't necessarily, it depends on the type of B&B you're running and where you are, but guests aren't necessarily booking on price. They're booking on on value for money. Which brings me on to, can you um, increase the value of what you're offering your guests? So if you are worried about increasing the cost of your rooms, are there ways you could increase the value at the same time without much cost to you? Value is not the same as price. One of my repeat guests once left a review saying this is the most expensive B&B in the area but it's worth every single penny. So what can you do to increase the value? So for example you could put a platter together. So I used to offer platters to guests. They had an option of a, a cheese platter with lots of local cheeses on it and some Uh, I did some homemade bread and some crackers and some butter so they get a whole homemade uh, granary loaf sliced and I would do uh, grapes and a little chutney. There was a ploughman's, which was, what was the ploughman's? Ham, scotch egg or boiled eggs, a pork pie, some chutney, some celery, uh, again, a whole granary loaf sliced smoked salmon platter, the smoked, well, the smoked fish platter, platter was very popular. So I would do a smoked salmon slices and maybe some prawns and um, what else? Um, some hot smoked salmon, some cold smoked salmon, hot smoked salmon, some sliced um, pickled cucumber. And, uh, and also obviously there was, I did a vegan option as well, which was uh, things like uh, the, a, a bean salad, and other vegan options. Now I charge for that, but you could put a platter together and include it in the room cost. Now the cost of the platter is less than the increase in the room cost. So it would probably cost me about 12 pounds to put the platter together. It would cost me 25 pounds. I, I, would char- I would charge 25 pounds for it. So you could increase your room cost and include that platter to, to, for guests. So you're making more money but for guests it could represent a lot of value so you're providing a platter somewhere to eat glasses corkscrew and wine if you're licensed you could you could sell them wine or if not you could suggest they bring their own bottle you know the value for them is that they can eat in their own room or the dining room if you prefer. They've got a nice bottle of wine. They don't have to venture out again after a long day. They don't have to pay for a meal out, which is probably gonna be a much higher cost to them than your increased cost of your room. And no one's gonna have to worry about a designated driver not being able to drink. So think about the value that you're offering rather than the cost. Make sure you're telling your guests about that added value. It's important that when you're marketing your b and that you're communicating the added value to your customers. Someone once told me that they offered um, a cream tea on arrival, but well, they didn't tell the guests about it. It was a nice surprise when they got there, but it's important that you're telling your guests so they can identify where that added value is before they book. So if you include a cream tea, a homemade cake in the room, a platter make sure that's included on your website that you post about it on social media in your newsletters that way when your potential guests are comparing you to other b and in the area they're not just comparing on price it's immediately obvious that you offer more value for money even if you are more expensive value doesn't have to be about things like putting a lemon drizzle cake in the room The value, uh, so those material things, the value to customers could be the the sea view. It could be a country view, proximity to a pub, or the opposite. It could be the peace and quiet. We went away just recently to our very favourite hotel on the coast, and each night, um, the local teenagers were having a big bonfire on the beach and were very noisy, so we normally go there for peace and quiet. So if you can offer that peace and quiet, that's really important to a lot of people. You could offer early check-in, late check-out, free newspaper. You could offer to book restaurants for people, provide them with an extensive um, room information or information prior to them saying about what to do locally, Catering to specific diets is adding value for the customer. Welcoming dogs, if, if their dog owners want to take the dog away, you know, welcoming walkers. If you're the b and that offers a drying room or laundry facilities, that, that could be something that is a value to them. Welcoming families, so somewhere that's very family friendly. People may pay more because you're offering that particular service. The other thing you could do to make more money Uh, a lot of people want to take something away as a souvenir from the holidays and you could make that very easy for them by setting up a little shop in places that guests are going to see it's quite quite important such as a reception or near the door in the dining room so they might want to take a souvenir away from themselves or to give to the person who's doing the house sitting for them or looking after their dogs So some ideas about things you could sell. So you could sell your homemade cakes and biscuits. But just bear in mind that you do need to comply. If you sell pre-packaged foods that you make yourself, you do need to ensure you're complying with a pre-packed for direct sales legislation. Uh, Do a Google search on Natasha's Law and you'll find out uh, what that's all about. You could uh, sell uh, local crisps that you bought wholesale, water for guests to take away. Local beers and wines up. Uh, Providing you have the correct license, obviously. Local postcards, calendars, jigsaws. We we have a company called Shropshire and Beyond who create calendars and postcards and they also make jigsaws. Uh, that would be a great thing for people to take away. They could take, use that as a Christmas gift. Local art. I've had people buy my dad's paintings from that we have on the walls. Jewelry, crafts, fridge magnets that you can you can make fridge magnets out of your own photos toiletries someone in a meeting was was talking they they supply very high-end toiletries uh, but they're able to sell sell these toiletries at double the price they pay for them wholesale and guests are always wanting to take them away and you know they 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 love the smell and the ambiance when they come into the b&b so they they want to buy the air diffusers as well so that's potential, um, you know, you could sell those toiletries for a lot more than you're buying them wholesale. You could sell your own knitting or crochet. Guests were always asking to buy um, our tea cosies. And you could put together gift baskets of some of the above. So, that, you know, putting together a gift basket, which you can charge a much higher value than the contents that you're buying for wholesale or making yourself. One thing you could do is set up an honesty bar so some of our bnb members do very well from having an honesty bar and selling alcohol to guests in the uk you do need to be licensed and meet certain criteria but once you've done this you can generally sell alcohol at two to three times the price you pay for it wholesale i have written a blog post on do you need a license to sell alcohol at your bnb again if you go across to bnbacademy.co.uk forward slash blog and search for alcohol there you'll be able to find that blog post you could offer pat lunches and evening meals i'm not a huge fan of providing meals to bnb i did it for a few years and it was an enormous amount of effort for not a lot of return but it could be an option if you wanted to make a bit of extra income As I've mentioned, I did offer platters to the guests which I left in the room fridges and this generated extra income as well as providing that extra value to guests who came to stay with me because I offered the platters even though they were paying for them because it meant they didn't have to go out in the evening. Right, so I've just about come to the end of this podcast today. Thank you to all all the members of the B&B community that have contributed their own ideas I hope you found them useful and do let me know if you have any other suggestions. Um, On a positive note, remember that all these increased costs, energy costs, are actually tax tax deductible. So do talk to your accountant to make sure you're claiming for everything you're allowed to. I have a few more podcasts lined up with previous uh, course attendees over the next few months. So do make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. If you want to know more about running your own bed and breakfast, please head over to bnbacademy.co.uk, where you're going to find over a hundred blog posts all about starting up, running and marketing a B&B. As soon as you sign up for the online course, you get instant access to all of the material. And you can also ask to join the Facebook group, our wonderful community straight away. And as I said, we have Zoom meetings uh, at least once a month so you can Jump on those and ask questions and meet other more experienced BB owners. They're a very, very friendly bunch. Thank you very much, and I'll speak to you soon.